0: is the Lover and the Fighter podcast with Josh Cohen and Dean Thomas. Indeed, it is the Lover and the Fighter podcast. I would be Lover in the form of Brother Love, J to the C. That would be Fighter in the form of the UFC's king of all media. Dean Thomas, Dean's Diaries, Dana White looking for a fight, pre-show, post-show. And for this weekend, once again, on the commentary, joining the team with John Anik, Joe Rogan, and Daniel Cormier. You'll provide Coach's Corner for UFC 270, Back in business.
1: Back in business, and I will be providing the weigh-in show as well. Entertainment uh, for the weigh-in
0: show. On Friday morning, you'll do guys, you'll do that again on UFC. I yes. mean, on the UFC channel on YouTube. Yes. It feels like it's been forever since we had fights. It was just Saturday but it felt like it was forever since we had Saturday because the UFC took like literally three, was it three or four weeks yeah, it off? It was at least three weeks. And yeah, it, was Christmas night- break. Yeah, it
1: was a nightmare for us.
0: People are saying on social media it doesn't feel like pay-per-view week. There's a reason for that. You lose momentum when you don't fight regularly. You lose momentum when it's not in front of people's faces. Normally when there's a pay-per-view fight card and numbered 265, 66, 67, 68, you don't have a promo cut where Bruce Buffer is doing the voiceover. Bruce Buffer's like, this Saturday, on pay-per-view. You don't normally do that because you don't need to do that because the hype rolls through, the momentum continues. When I saw that promo, I'm like, they realized, like, oof, we're kind of starting with a brand new uh, you know, audience from scratch. You're starting from literally square one, 2022.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was weird that they took more time off during the holidays than they did for COVID.
0: Yes, they did take more time <laughs> yeah. off during the holidays. Well, that's Dana. Yeah. That's Dana. That's Dana's end of the decision. Speaking of which, the UFC announced this week that they are no longer going to test fully vaccinated fighters. Fight week. We're not testing them. What does that say? Um, they don't want no more dropouts. It, it means we don't want to know. Yeah. It means if you got it, you got it. You're yeah. vaccinated. We don't want to know. Right. If you're asymptomatic. It, it, it's the gold. If you look this, if you don't test, you won't find. Right. Right. Like the NBA said, yeah, we're not going to test for marijuana. Well, that's a good idea, because if you did, all your games would be canceled yeah.
1: in the <laughs> no late 90s. One, no one would be there to play. Yeah.
0: In the late 90s, they're like, should the NBA be testing for marijuana? And we're like, do you want to play games or no? Because yeah. <laughs> these dudes don't care and they're going to smoke regardless. All right. So let's get at it and let's begin. First and foremost, There's a lot of news this week since we last t- uh, taped an episode. We'll get to uh gone and nagano for the main event and the co-main event is also a title fight part three with davidson figueredo and brandon let's go brandon let's go brandon moreno this is the third go round in their trilogy this is the trilogy remember they drew the first go round, and then brandon won that belt so this is part three and trois if you're cyril gone he's french Mm -hmm, Uh, no one in this fight is french brazilian and mexican But uh, we'll get to that in just a sec. Breaking news earlier this week, your former fighter, Amanda Nunez, following in your footsteps, leaving American Top Team. We know your reason why. We're not sure necessarily of her reason why. What do you think about Amanda's departure, which, by the way, we can't forget... Comes five weeks following her losing the title in Vegas. You and I there for
1: 269 mm-hmm. in uh, team mobile Arena to Juliana Pena. Right. So the one thing I know about Amanda is that whenever she feels pressured, whenever she feels overly pushed mm-hmm. and felt to make uh, feel uncomfortable, mm-hmm. she leaves. She removes herself. She removes herself from situations like that. Yeah. Um, when she was with her team prior to American Top Team, she said she felt too much pressure. Like They they put so much pressure on her to perform that she didn't feel good, which is why she left. Yeah. To me, that's telling, considering that she lost this fight, that either before the fight or after the fight, somebody was putting pressure on her to go, you need to train more. You need to do this more. You need to do that more. And she was like, I'm not having it. I'm getting out of here.
0: So what do you know? I, I know how you know her personally. You guys have been friends for a long time. You were seafood coached. And cornered, and you were there in Vegas when you found out, I think on social media, that uh, she had to drop out because of the sinus condition against Valentina Bullet Shevchenko. Um, I don't think you cornered since, right? That was the last go No, that no, was the last time. That was the last go-round. And how you found out, I think, literally was, wasn't it on Twitter yeah, or something? Yeah, it was
1: like on the internet. I found out on the internet.
0: Yeah, which is insane. Like, yeah. You know, like, give me a shout. You know, You don't got to ask me. You just got to tell me that you're not going to fight this fight. Right. Amanda does her own thing. She is her own person, for sure, for sure. But what do you know about what it's been like for her the last five weeks since she returned to the gym,
1: um, no longer with that one of two belts? Um, you know what? Since she returned to the gym, no one really knows. The one thing, I, another thing I know about her is that she's not really a gym rat anyway. Like she doesn't go to the gym when she doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. So if she doesn't have to train, she's not going to be in the gym. As we've seen her, like if you follow her on social media. Her life revolves around her family. I was going to say she yeah. has new priorities yeah, in family got life. A lot of new priorities. Yeah. And so to me, like her heart wasn't all the way in it anyway. So this, to, the fact that she left doesn't surprise me. I reached out to her and congratulated her, and she said thank you, seafood. Say yeah, and it was on a, it was on a mass text with her and her wife Nina, and Nina said us. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. Yeah, like, nice, yeah, like nice. Yeah, like nice, as if you know they were. They were happy with we're their peace. decision. Yeah, they're at peace with their decision. Yeah. So I think that this is a restart for her. This is a fresh start for her. So I think that that was really what she just wanted. She wanted a fresh start where she could control, control the board a little bit.
0: Gotcha. Uh, you and I were in Vegas, obviously. We did Fight Week, uh, which was fueled by Celsius. She's a Celsius athlete. Uh, excuse me. Dustin Poor. Yeah, I think it's his birthday today, as a matter of fact. Oh, no kidding. I think it is. Uh, he is a Celsius athlete as well. I didn't participate in media. Um, <laughs> But, you know, my question was to her, if I were doing press conference on Thursday, is that you have this beautiful wife, this beautiful life, the baby you always wanted. You own everything you ever did, and you're the greatest of all time. What's your motivation to go out here again and to do this and go through all this again? And I really wanted to know her answer because I wanted to see her expression to this. And what we saw that fight night was she didn't seem ready mentally. She didn't seem ready in that moment for like, let's do this. Let's defend this. She didn't have
1: a why. She didn't mm-hmm. have a why. Yeah, she didn't have a why. And you that's know. an important thing for a fighter. You got to have that. And I think the fact that she didn't necessarily have a why, and she felt, I feel as though she felt as she was fighting for everybody else's why. Makes sense. Yeah, everybody else would say she's the greatest. So yeah. now she feels this pressure to be the greatest. And I think that's the reason why she checked out of that fight. It makes sense. All right, let's move on now. Uh, The
0: announcement was finally made that uh, the fight we wanted to see happen is going to happen, Kobe Covington and Jorge Masvidal. This will happen March 5th, Las Vegas T-Mobile Arena. This is that fight where there's two bad guys, and it sells a whole lot of interest, casual interest, hardcore interest. And while it's not one of those where you go, there's major ramifications for the title belt situations, this is one of those easy-to-sell, bad blood, real beef, And you watch the videos on Instagram and social media and you see all the times that these guys celebrated each other's accomplishments, cornered each other, you know, were happy and proud for one another. These guys were closer than friends once upon a time. This is, uh, but this is the fight now where it's like, all right, this isn't BS. There's real
1: blood, a bad blood. Yeah, real bad blood. And it always baffled me the relationship that they had because they really don't have a lot in common except for maybe like political views. But other than that, like they've, they grew up in different type of environments around different type of people. And I always wondered about that relationship because I know Colby had started making a bunch of enemies and George is like friends with everybody. So it always, it always baffled me how miles would I would stick up for him and have his back when Colby was starting to make all these enemies. Did their relationship
0: deteriorate when Colby decided, Hey, I'm going to be the heel. Hey, I'm going to be the, Hey Brazil, you're a bleep hole. All you people are animals. Is that when it began? No, it
1: it, it deteriorated when Colby didn't pay his coach. The coach that was provided by Jorge Masvidal, who was Jorge's longtime coach, apparently Colby stiffed him on some money. Principalities. Yeah, and then the relationship deteriorated.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, this one won't be hard to sell um for the ufc this won't be hard to get 75 bucks an hour no. from folks on the ESPN plus app this one should do huge numbers question is will they hug it out will there be an re gold uh let's hug it out bitch after <laughs> this fight is over i know you and i discussed this when we first got word and i know you're like well if it gets dominated probably not But if it doesn't, like I I feel like there's going... You know that thing when you're in school and you fight with a kid and you're both scared and used to be friends and then you cry and you both become best friends? Right. Like when you're in third, fourth grade? Uh I feel like after this, there might be... Like they finally got it out. All those things I felt, all those things I said. And if it does go back and forth and there is a little bit of action, I feel like there may be a legitimate hug it out.
1: The the only way I see that happen is if it it does go back and forth and they have a moment in the fight where they kind of look at each other and then acknowledge each other's respect. Gotcha. So I think that's the only way it happens because gotcha. other than that I think that there's still going to be some beef to carry over. But there has to be a moment in the fight where they where they like hit each other and they have each other's respect.
0: Kamara Usman who apparently hates me, um- <laughs> He, um, <laughs> really, I didn't know this. <laughs> yes, you did. You read his lips during the press conference. Uh-oh. His big brother, the next day, was like, Yo, come here, man. I said, Your big brother's like, I love you. We love you. I said, Your brother don't love me. <laughs> he said, How do you know? I said, I Read his lips on the press. He goes, Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, yeah. No. So his big brother helped me for about 15 minutes. Nice guy, super nice guy. Kamar Usman, post Kobe in November in Mass Square Garden, came in media room and, and said, Yeah, he goes, Yeah, there's respect. He goes, when you spend 50 minutes with someone, develop respect for one another because we spent 50 minutes together. You're gonna you're gonna develop respect for one another because we
1: spent 50 minutes together, just shy of. That's a, that's a long time. It's a long time to be punching each other and taking each other's best shots. And, right. Yeah, that, and that's really what it comes down to. Is like yep. you train to hurt somebody and you give it to them and they stare at you and give it back to you. You, you gain a, a certain level of respect for them.
0: There's absolutely going to be mutual respect. All right, so let us move on, and that is the announcement that just came down, and that is UFC is returning to the U.K. London stand-up, it says. It is confirmed by your guy, the, uh, the co-star of your reality show, your sidekick. Yeah, my side On Dana yeah. White looking for a fight, Mr. White himself, and that is that the uh, UFC is returning to London, England in March. It'll be the uh, 12th. It'll be the week after. It'll be the week after the big Masvidal and Covington uh, blood feud. And on this card, uh, Patty Pemberton, Mr. Patty the Batty, he's got an opponent, our
1: boy Jared Gordon. Patty Pimlet is fighting Jared Gordon. Indeed. That is interesting. I'm, You know, Jared Gordon has to be super happy right now because, you know, for every fighter, as you're coming up, when you don't have that buzz, you're always looking to fight the biggest names with the least amount of risk. And, As of right now, no one really knows how much risk is involved with Patty Pimlet, so Jared Gordon's going to find out, and he's so happy right now to be getting that type of shine. Patty
0: Pimlet is an enormous star. Following the press conference, Colby and Usman in Madison Square Garden in Manhattan, there was a little pub at 6.30 or 7 p.m. It was like, come meet Patty Pimlet, and there was a line that was four wide that went two blocks. I could not believe the people that were lined up to see this kid. And then when he walked into the Hulu Theater on Fight for ins. You know, you talk about sometimes there's a little bit of a spark, right? Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of a... Yeah. Right. There was a spark. The crowd got loud and in it, Madison Square And Road.
1: it also got loud the day, the night of the fight when his face popped up on the screen. Right. So, like, that's how you know when you deserve the money that you're asking for. Right. I always tell fighters, listen, if you think you deserve more money, just have them put your, your face up on the screen during the fight. And if it don't pop, you don't deserve no more money. It's
0: such a great way to... Uh, to quantify that,
1: yeah, you get a decimeter, uh-huh. and, a,
0: and the decimeter gets to ninety-eight. <laughs> okay, well, here's the dollars you get. Yeah. If it breaks one hundred and five, well, here's the dollars you get. Yeah, it's it speaks and volumes. And if, if it don't break nothing, yeah, you just sit there and uh, and relax.
1: And when they show your boy Jermaine Sterling on there, it gets quiet. It gets quiet. See what I'm saying? So like, yeah. But he he can't never complain about money. He just lucky no. that he get another opportunity to fight for, for his sure. own belt.
0: For sure. All right. Let us get then to the weekend card two seventy. Live from Anaheim, California on ESPN Plus pay-per-view. You are on the broadcast. You'll do weigh-ins Friday morning, and then you'll do commentary with Rogan and Annick in D.C. Saturday night. Coleman event, Davidson Figueredo, Brandon Moreno. Three, when you did your impression of Stephen A. Smith, you talked about the heavyweight from Tennessee. Yeah. Of course, Brandon Moreno. The heavyweight <laughs> from Tennessee, Brandon Moreno. And then you said, let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen A. Stephen A. I know I, I, I know people sent that to him for weeks.
1: Yeah, I, they had weeks. to. He, he's, oh yeah, he hasn't acknowledged me on that. And they're like that guy it. again.
0: Yeah, <laughs> tell Stephen A. to take down his Christmas yeah. decorations yeah. <laughs> in his house. Um, Cole Main event. This is one of those. Ooh, what might happen? So we got two Cole Main and Maine, where it's like, ooh, what might happen? We saw the draw, and then we saw Brandon Moreno win that. Take that belt. Take that belt. The nicest champion in UFC history.
1: And uh, Saturday night we get to run it back for a third. What do you yeah, like? Unquestionably, the nicest champion. But this fight doesn't really make sense because Davison Figueroa is the better fighter. Mm-hmm. He's the more talented of mm-hmm. the two. There's no, there's no reason, and it's not really a world in which I could believe that Brandon Moreno is better. But somehow he beat him down the last time they right. fought. The first time he kept it close and it was a draw. So this fight doesn't really make a lot of sense. Is it a situation where Brandon Moreno just has his number? That's what we got to find out on on Saturday because of right now like I I don't see where he's better like Davison Figueredo is the better fighter and he should be he should have won those, those two fights but he lost but well he lost one of them and let the other one be close enough for a draw but does Brandon Moreno have his number that's what we got to find out so
0: like in baseball you'll have a Hall of Fame pitcher and for whatever reason there'll be a dude who played you know 6 seasons in Major League baseball and hit 188 but that dude is eight for ten yeah. against the right. And that's the way this fight is. And conversely, sometimes there's Hall of Fame hitters lifetime average three thirty one and against this scrub of a pitcher whose you know lifetime career is twelve wins, sixty two losses, they can't hit the guy. It's a matchup thing and sometimes someone's just got your number.
1: And I'm not even sure Brandon Moreno is the best guy in the division yet he's beaten the best guy in the division. Yeah. So it, it's an interesting it's match. It's a weird up. thing.
0: Yeah. Let's go, Brandon, which is ironic, of course,
1: because yeah. he's Mexican. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. That's the greatest joke <laughs> of all.
0: All right, to the main event of the evening, and, and this one they're probably going to delay a little bit because NFL playoffs will still be going on. I imagine the pay-per-view card they're going to try and push back till we get the uh, Niners at the Packers done. It'll eat into a lot of the audience, and that is Francis Nagano and Cyril Gan, both of whom uh, beat up pretty badly. Our friend, jo- uh, excuse me, um, Junior Dos Santos, and I hate to see in the promo when they use your friends oh, yeah, to sell no, somebody like, else's oh, fight. God. Once upon a time, you used to be in the promo, yeah.
1: <laughs> so I know how that feels <laughs> to have to look at that, look at yourself over and over and over again. Yeah,
0: pranks more hard to do such. Uh, Dana pretty much summed this up perfectly, I think, when he said, "This is about technique versus power." This is one of those, all right, which is more, in mixed martial arts, What kind of what MMA, UFC was built on. What style would win a fight? Is it the technical dude who's very cerebral and patient? Or is it the monster beast who swings wildly, has all that power, and can send you to the place where time does not exist in any given moment? Yeah,
1: it's. this is another interesting matchup. Like you said, technique versus power. Yep. The problem with Engano is that he can't try to use too much technique because he'll get out-dueled every time. Mm -hmm. He has to use just enough technique to get close enough to be able to swing his power. So, like, is he going to be able to do that? Is he experienced enough? Will he be coached well enough to be able to do that? Now, I know his coach who's a Fantastic coach. I'm sure he coached him well enough, but execution is more important than coaching. Who do you like in the main event? I like God. I do too. Yeah. Based on technicalities. Based and on his technique to... and the fact that he's always so comfortable. He's so calm. And he's so he doesn't make a lot of yeah. mistakes.
0: There he is. That's Dean Thomas. I'm Brother Love. Make sure you subscribe and rate and comment, whatever. We don't get paid, so we don't really care. Yeah. Anyways, we'll see you next time for the next episode next week of the Lover and the Fighter podcast.